You're listening to 2.23am with Dr. Christine McDougall. Are you ready for a new kind of success and fulfillment? End the silent struggle. Join us as Dr. Christine McDougall speaks to successful, high-achieving men as they share their journey towards a more fulfilling and sustainable life and business and discover the better alternative. It's 2.23am and the life of your future is calling. Hello everyone. This week after the little glitch in our uh, recording where I was interviewed for my own podcast last week, I will be uh, speaking to Brad Dunn. This interview is an extraordinary interview uh, with somebody that I've known for a very long time and who has uh, so generously given his full commitment to sharing the journey of not only being an awesome, successful business founder and leader, but someone who struggled with anxiety and depression for the entire last 15 years and does not hold back on sharing both the process of that and how he moved through that experience. Brad Dunn is the founder and managing director of Projects Queensland, a national Australian building and construction company that creates the built environment for most of the world's exotic luxury retail brands. Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Prada, Chanel and Dior are some of the company's major clients. The company also works closely with governments, universities and hospitals as a trusted building partner as well as private clients bringing to life almost anything that's conceivable. Having grown up in the western suburbs of Sydney in the 70s, Brad quickly found his passion for surfing and sailing more suited to Queensland's Gold Coast. Not possessing the greatest schooling credentials, Brad made his way north based only on his ability to dream, his sense of humour and a good dose of curiosity. After what on the surface appeared a blessed life, Brad became faced with significant mental health issues all unfolding and affecting everything within his life. Facing this with the absolute honesty and transparency and with all the faith and trust he could muster, Brad emerged again to reclaim his life not only mentally but with greater connection to mind, body and soul. The very bottom of the darkest pit was in fact the opportunity to rebuild the foundations that stand him again strong and able to live a full and meaningful life with relevant purpose. Today, living in Western Australia, Perth, married and with four children, Brad runs the same company he founded almost 30 years ago. Other activities included the development company he runs with his wife, Sharon, and eldest son, Bennett, and his involvement in motorsport in the Porsche Carrera Cup program. Brad remains passionate about his surfing and takes advantage of the magnificent West Coast waters through boating. Having faced the debilitating real-life issues of depression and anxiety that effectively went on for 15 years, Brad is the living example of what might appear to others as an enviable life, which can in fact be a life of living hell. His commitment to being of help to organisations supporting those with mental health issues or to individuals suffering depression and anxiety has become a major passion which provides great personal fulfilment. Being able to give back through listening and genuine care for humanity is something that Brad believes we connected humans must embrace. 
His fundamental beliefs are now based on these reconstructed foundations. We are born to live full and meaningful lives. We are not born to struggle. When we become honest with ourselves, we open the pathways to find our real value, which leads us to our purpose. Please enjoy this absolutely gorgeous episode with Brad Dunn. Brad, it is lovely to have you in this conversation. Thank you, Christine. Lovely to be here. So you have had a, a wonderful uh, career and so on, but as most humans, it's had its moments of uh, you've had your challenges. And, yes. I, and I know that you're, you're somebody who feels quite comfortable speaking about some of the challenges that, that you've had in your past. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this podcast really is also around the conversation of what your experience is in today's world of being a man with all of the, 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 uh, the issues that are going on around the world um, <laughs> in relationship to the changing roles of men and women. So mm. I wonder if, if to start we can talk about where you are currently and then perhaps sort of circle back to how you manage to navigate some of the more difficult areas. So where sure. you are currently, as in, you know, where you are in your own personhood in this experience in 2018? Mm. Well, I think where I'm at at the moment is, is I'm, I'm in a fairly comfortable place spiritually uh, and within my own self as a, as a person. I think I, I, I operate uh, at, at a pace these days in my own life where I'm, uh, I'm, I'm socially aware. I, I speak with a lot of honesty. I have a, a, a quite a lot of curiosity about the world in general, and you know that sort of enables me to probably live a very happily balanced life now. Where I certainly uh, I don't I, I think this is a bit of a cliche, but I, I certainly can say I don't sweat the small stuff as I used to, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a little bit of age and maturity also in there as well. But certainly a lot of it is to do with the. Uh, the past and where I've had to come from to get here, you know. Right. And so um, I'd like to go there in just a second. But first of all, speak to, speak to me how socially aware, speaking with honesty and the curiosity, how, how you're finding that is, is really supporting you, whereas in the past I'm taking by the way you framed that, that you may not have done some of those things. Well, I think, I think the honesty... Uh, is the biggest thing. I mean, being honest with myself about my uh, the way I need to manage my life, um, mm-hmm. the way I need to manage my um, because of the depression and the anxiety that I've I've put myself through. Really look at what it is that I'm sweating about and how much sweating that I I do over things that are really irrelevant in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, I think, a very important thing um, these days because uh, actually there's a very good book out there and uh, if I may use a profanity, the book's actually titled. Yeah. Go, um, <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, um, it's uh, I've got to get it up here. It's a subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's a very good – that resonates a hell of a lot with me because it's not about not actually caring or or, or losing uh, my way with just not caring about things. It's actually just deciding what is virtually – what is very important to care about. Mm-hmm. 
And that's and that's been an enormous, uh, I, I suppose. I suppose that sums up the way I've I've sort of uh, I've evolved in the last, I'd say, five years. And that is uh, in myself being honest, uh, and I'll go back to that being honest, uh, being honest with myself, my my ambitions and my capabilities, being honest about what what habits and, and what and what parts of my life. I'm not happy with, mm-hmm. um, not trying to mask them and pretend I'm somebody that I'm not. I think that's been a really big thing for me. So, so just accepting who I am, yeah, uh, and 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 being grateful for that person. You know, seeing seeing the the beauty in that person rather than the person that I think society deems I should be, or trying to stand up uh, and and present as something that I'm not. That's that. That's a very uh, a very um, very big part of, of how I try to live my life these days. Speaking the truth, uh, but you know, more broadly presenting myself in a genuine way, acting sincerely, no pretense. Try not to have any pretense, and and also taking responsibility uh, for my uh, emotions, okay. uh, my feelings, and my actions. That that that's been enormous uh, for me. Cool. And I would say, I would say, singularly, probably that would be the the, the biggest uh, impact that's changed my life. The the piece around uh, being responsible for your emotions, or that whole piece that you just gave me, then, which was um, well, yeah. I think I think being responsible uh, in general is is, is 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 a misconception. And I'd just like to make a quick point on that. Um, I, I believe in my life that I'm responsible for every single thing. That occurs in my life now, you know, not not not. Let's say, you know, I, I can't be responsible for somebody's uh, behaviour, uh, but what I what I am responsible for, however, is how I react to that behaviour. Yeah, yeah. So when I say taking responsibility for everything that occurs in my life, I can't be responsible if uh, somebody runs into my car. Yeah. Uh, well, how I can be responsible is to to not let them running into my car become a catastrophic event in my own world. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, okay, great. And and so that piece around if you find yourself in a and I'm just looking for a sort of an example, but if you find yourself in an emotional situation where you have got some heightened emotion, let's just say frustration and or anger or something like that, you're yes. you're you, you have a different approach to that now than you would have in the past. Is that what you're saying Absolutely. as well? So, can you give a sort of example of that? Yeah, yeah, I will. And and I'll give you a live example uh, of something that occurred to me. Only uh, two or three weeks ago, I'll leave the the, the the names out of it. But I had a staff member, a very senior staff member, working for us uh, in a in a highly paid executive position. Uh, events occurred, and the and the employee had to be terminated. Um, so within um, within a couple of weeks, we'd received a, a very uh, um, potentially costly and very difficult. Uh, fair work claim. Now, in my former behavioural patterns, uh, that would have been an anxiety-driven, catastrophic, emotional charged, uh, uh, you know, thing that would have occurred to me. So what happened is I received this information and I just, whilst I could feel the, the adrenaline, I could feel the fight or flight emotions, I could feel all these emotions coming to me, 
Uh, I just allowed them to happen. I just sat back and I thought, okay, this is understandably quite uh, a nasty situation, and it's a real situation. So, what are my emotions? What, what what am I what am I actually feeling? So, I enabled, I allowed them to be there and be present with them, not try to fight against them. Now, that enabled me to just observe how I was behaving, yeah. and in a very quick uh, and short space of time, those emotions were were able to 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 come up, and then settle down, and then at that point I was able to take the responsibility then to manage how I was feeling and how I was going to then go about the process of a resolution. Um, now that's something that has been quite a, a, a very very different way of me dealing with these types of matters that come up in life and these are just normal life occurrences you know. Yeah. Uh, so identifying your emotions and not fighting against them observing what they are, observing the emotion and then the feeling that's associated with that. Yep. Um, you know, for instance, fear is a big one we all we all face and fear is generally one of the most, one of the first uh, feelings that we get from the emotion of, you know, the, the, the fight or flight. Yep. Um, so observing that has been a very big uh, sort of calming influence on my life. Right. Does that answer that question? Yeah, it sounds so. It sounds to me like that you're, you're recognizing you have recognized that while the emotions, uh, feelings, and so on can be very strong, uh, that in actual fact, your the the nature of observing them creates a separation between them and your what I call your all wise, all knowing self. Mm. And your all-wise, all-knowing self is kind of the, the, the depths of the ocean that doesn't sort of get the, the waves and the storms, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, <laughs> but the, correct, way, the, yeah. way, the waves and the storms are a part of the ocean, but the, the, uh, there is a calm that is below the surface of all of the noise and anxiety and fears and emotions that's, and so on. Yeah, yeah, that's correct because, you know, the conscious mind can't separate between good and bad feelings. I mean, yeah. basically the emotions and the feelings come up one way or the other. I mean, I can have the same euphoric feelings um, that will occur. And again, you know, I'll, I'll often to keep a balance and, yeah. and to make sure I'm not then going out and, and doing something, you know, off, a, off, a, off, a, off, off just an emotion, I, I do the same thing. So I, I'll again let the feelings be there. And if they're good feelings, I'll embrace that and I'll sit with that and I'll, and I'll just be grateful for having those wonderful feelings. Yeah. I was listening. A, 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 a great story I'd, I'd, I'd love to share is I was driving to work the other day and um, I, I don't know how I came across it, but I found a couple of songs that I, I'd, I'd listened to my parents used to play. One was I Am Woman by Helen Reddy. Yeah, yeah. And the other and the other one was uh, Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way. Yeah. So I'm driving to work and I've, I've got this on my my iPhone. I'm playing it through my car. And just the enormous feelings of, of the spine tingling, the whole empowered, just those emotions that were going through my body. I'm actually tingling now as I speak about it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was just such a wonderful emotion to be feeling. And, again, you know, I just sat with that. And really embraced it, and I felt this is just such a wonderful, this is just such a wonderful life moment. Yeah. 
So being being aware of your feelings and and, and then you know letting those feelings be what they are, yeah. uh, I think is a very important part of for me in my life anyway. Yeah, very nice. So, but you weren't always like this. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Oh no, I wasn't. And so how how so how long have you been in business? Because you've you've built a very very successful business. Yeah. Well, we started the business in 1989 based on. Um, on the fact that uh, I was employed by another company who uh, went into bankruptcy and I didn't have any another job to go to. So uh, it was it was almost like, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. So I, I started working for myself. I had a young family. We had a new home. We had to pay the bills. Uh, and that was in 1989. Right, right. And so you... You have, uh, for as long as I've known you, you've had this, you have suffered sort of some level of anxiety and or depression and so on and so forth. Yes. So, so can you say a little bit about that and what you've learned uh, about that and then also we'll just talk about how you have, how some of the mechanisms that you use mm-hmm. to get yourself to the place that you're in now. Well, I didn't know, I mean, like any young guy, uh, in my growing up, I had, you know, a lot of issues, I think, uh, through my family. I was imprinted with some, let's say, some behavioural uh, patterns that that were sort of, you know, I guess unwanted, however unaware they were. Uh, and, and they formed a lot of patterns um, that I, I sort of acted with in my life. But through my 20s and, and into my early 30s, I never really saw any, you know, I never felt I guess the evidence of these, they did, you know, I lived what I would call a fairly happy and carefree life. Uh, And and then it was probably in my sort of earlier to mid-30s, I I started to have a lot of fear come into my life. And it was all surrounding, I suppose, as the business grew, uh, as the responsibility started to take over, uh, it was a lot of fear started to sort of come into my life. And then that as that sort of I suppose over these because I didn't address it and because I didn't want to know about it. I mean, it, it was I, I was a I was a fairly macho guy in a, in, a, in the building industry, and I, I had a number of people working for me, and so I had to present to the world uh, how I deemed I should look. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, so I would try and just just mask it all, hide it, um, put it, you know, just we don't talk about that stuff. And um, I went on and on and on. Now, of course, I was never addressing what the issues were. I was just masking them as best I could. And this escalated. It got worse. It didn't get better. Uh, I I sort of probably started to seek a little bit of counselling on this, but then it was all voice-based, you know, listening and trying to get my head around it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, I suppose it was in my mid so I suffered for this with this at varying levels for over 15 years, and it was probably the last five, say from about 2014 uh, back to about 2009, I, I suffered three very, very major um, breakdowns. Right. Um, very significant breakdowns. One of them was uh, was very close to a suicide. And then ultimately, uh, the last time it occurred to me, uh, I, I had actually become inoperable. I, I was I was literally at the point where I couldn't physically 
basically continue to to even do the basic fundamentals. Right. Um, I, I was yeah. I was hospitalised after that. Right. Uh, okay. Which was which was a very serious situation. Right. Um, and it was at that point, I think, where I actually absolutely got to about as low as you can go, mm-hmm. that I think my recovery actually started. Right. So would you say that experience um, of reaching that uh, rock bottom, I, I, J.K. Rowling, author of Harry Potter, she writes about she built her life off the bottom, off rock bottom. Mm. Um, but from that point... Uh, so can you can you speak about a little bit about that experience because and and what that meant for you what what that enabled for the change to sort of come in because mm-hmm. in my in my work with people but also in my own life experience is that that we have to reach a place where where we allow something else to enter that we haven't until that point well, for me, I think the biggest thing that, that occurred when I, uh, when I hit that absolute rock bottom was that it stripped me bare. It stripped me bare of my, 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 my masculinity, my ego. It, it, it absolutely took me back to a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I was, I was, to say I was totally confused as to who I was it's probably not true, but what I think it opened up for me was the uh, ability to take the very basics of life and start to rebuild them for myself. Right. Um, and, and that meant a real, a hell of a lot of, of sort of soul searching and a hell of a lot of work on psychology, you know, getting really getting to understand how, how the mind and the body work together. How the how the subconscious works. And I did a hell of a lot of work on that, um, but it really was stripped. It was really, I think, stripping me back to a blank canvas, and and looking at the priorities in my life and what they are. And and, and what I discovered was that I was incredibly superficial. You know, I was living. I was really not living true to myself at all. Yeah. Uh, well, in some areas I was, but 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 the ones that were causing me the greatest heartache, I had I developed a fear, um, an enormous fear surrounding um, business and money, uh, and that was probably the greatest anxiety that I'd had. Of course, at the same time, I was going through a very expensive divorce, which wasn't, I guess, helping because that was a, a nasty situation. But again, combining it all together, I think it's what had to happen to me. Uh, it was certainly, I would say, the 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 it was it was being able to pull the foundations up and relay them. Okay, uh, uh, but can I ask you because this fear around uh, uh, business and money, when yeah. you reach this place of bo- rock bottom, even though you were um, going through a, an expensive divorce and so on, was the yeah. business in jeopardy? Was there a reality uh, to this? The, the, no, there was no, and this is this is this is this is this is one of the fundamental problems with with uh, you know uh, with high grade anxiety and depression is that generally um, the, the the mind is it's it's myth based stuff. The business wasn't in jeopardy. I'd 
taken the necessary prudent steps to ensure that I could extract myself for the period I needed to to recover and that the business could be run and managed um, and it performed admirably and and still does today and 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 again that was i guess one of the other wonderful things that i managed to achieve out of all of this was actually pulling myself away from the front line of the business so no these were myths christine they weren't they certainly weren't realities i mean there were some tough times in there but there there was no uh, there was certainly no uh, no practical evidence that we were in trouble in any way shape or form Right. And, and so do, do you have sort of some perspective now on where that fear was coming from? Do you have, a, it, was there a story that you were telling yourself around this or do, is there? Yeah, any- well, you know, it, it, it's interesting because when I go back and I look at that and I think, well, where did this fear come from? Again, I go back to my childhood and I go back to the conditioning that was, I suppose, imparted on me at a very, very young age. And, and this is just one part of it. But that conditioning was, you know, my mother was incredibly fearful. Um, she suffered terribly from anxiety and depression. My dad was uh, was was very much a worrier about finances, and 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 we, you know, we were brought up, I think, my sister and I, to really believe that we lived in Struggle Street. So I think for myself, when I started to become independently wealthy and things were going good. You know, I definitely had developed a, 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 an issue surrounding my deservedness of that. Right. And and I didn't believe uh, that I deserved these things to occur, despite the hard work, despite the effort, and despite the fact that, you know, I could absolutely and categorically know exactly how I how I uh, built what I'd built. Yeah. Um, I didn't win lotto. I didn't have a hand down from anyone. I built it. However, I didn't have a feeling of deserving it. Right. And and therefore the fear was all based around, you know, I'm an imposter. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't really deserve this because, you know, I was brought up in Struggle Street and that was certainly part of my subconscious conditioning. Right. And, mm. and would you say, would, how are you, how, where's your comfort level of deservedness today? Well, um, that that's probably um, I, I would say very healthy. Great. Um, uh, but but it's more a, it's more a place of gratitude than deservedness. I mean, okay. you know, I, I I go about what I do. I don't count the pennies. I I I I, I employ people to work uh, with me to create. Yeah. Um, and 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 be the nuts and bolts people. I don't fear the future. Right. Uh, I work with I work in the moment as best I possibly can. Of course, we have to plan for the future and we we have to take action to minimise risk. But we also can't. I can never allow myself to be back in that fearful position of feeling I don't deserve. So, so what are the what are the things that you do, um, strategies and so on? That if you notice any whiff of that pattern returning. Do you have do you have a set of strategies or or um, things in habits or whatever in place? Yeah, um, well, I, I'll go back to the uh, the observation. Yeah, I think awareness. Yeah, I think awareness of your emotions is 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 probably my go to. Um, I have a little I, I have a little uh, a couple of tools. Um, one of them I call the three circles. And the smallest inner circle, of course, is is the controlling circle. That's the circle that we use as human beings to be totally in control. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm totally in control at this moment in what I'm saying to you yeah. uh, and, and the fact that this uh, interview is occurring. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally in control as to what I'm going to have for lunch. But, you know, the shop might be out of something, so I'm not totally in control. <laughs> I, I know when I'm going to brush my teeth and what program I'm going to watch on TV. Those are the things that we're totally in control of. And then the second circle is is the circle of influence. Yeah. So we really have to look at, well, what are we influencing here? I mean, I influence my business. I don't totally control it. Yeah. I influence how I speak to somebody, but I don't control how they respond. Mm -hmm. Simple there. And then the third circle, of course, is the circle where most of life occurs, which is a circle beyond our control. And, and you can imagine, you know, once you get the first two circles right, you can easily see what goes into that last circle. Right. Which... Again, that's one of the tools that I use to assess, you know, pretty much decision making, uh, and that and that's emotional decision making. It's business decision making, all of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll look at well, what how what what can I control here? Okay, very little. What can I influence? Have I done that? Yes, I have. Well, then there's nothing more that can be done. So we cannot waste emotion. Uh, and certainly not allow fear or catastrophe to enter into this uh, this this situation. So that's a very useful tool that that I, I I find. I used to actually write this down. I was very mechanical in the way I would go about, and particularly after I got out of hospital and I started to become rehabilitated, I used to be very mechanical yep. on doing these things. Uh, now I found find that that in conjunction with my awareness. Yep. Um, and my also taking responsibility, yeah, um those three tools are probably uh, my go-tos on a on a on a day to day basis. Great. So just to be clear on the circles, the this is a like a, a, a circles from a ripple on a pond, the smaller circle, the larger circle and closing, and then the larger circle. So it's that type of circle, just from a visual. Correct. So generally, yeah. generally, I used to draw them on a piece of paper. Great. And yeah. I'd, I'd just put lines and name, you know, and name things. I mean, once you start doing it, you, you quickly add to it and you, yeah. you understand that we, we really don't control that much at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, we don't. And we so, influence a lot. Yeah. And there's a hell of a lot more that's out of our control. But, you yeah. know, yeah. I think control is the biggest uh, issue that I faced. I, I tried to control my emotions. I tried to control uh, my relationships. I tried to control my outcomes. Yep. Um, and again, you know, uh, without the knowledge uh, of, of what I've learned, uh, it was a failed attempt. It, it was no wonder I was going where I was going. Right. So I just want to circle back. Uh, you, you hit this place of rock bottom. You ended up in hospital. You obviously received quite a lot of support during that process yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think the biggest thing that i did though christine um at that time was i became very honest very transparent uh, i felt i had nowhere to go right yeah so i, I felt you know I, I need to speak about this to people I, I need to be i need to be totally honest because i don't want to be putting up a facade i don't want to tell people uh, you know, oh, look, I'm fine. There's not, nothing wrong with me when there was a lot wrong with me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, I, so I just want to ask because a lot of people listening to this won't have reached that place yet. And, and so if you can just speak a little bit about your experience of walking around in the world for 
the larger part of your life carrying a persona that you knew wasn't real. In other words, trying to trying to. I, I say uh, the, the way I describe it is we project that we've got it all together when in actual fact underneath the surface we're just holding it all together. Yeah, and, and that was very much what I was doing. I mean, my, the anxiety was, you know, it was just get it, at times it could be out of control. You know, I would be Sunday evenings, uh, Friday evenings would come and I'd, I'd get into a place of quite a little bit more peace simply because the weekend was coming and, and I could feel, you know, I, I could I could sort of feel as though I could hide yeah. from the world. And then as the weekend went through and then Sunday afternoon came, you know, the anxiety would start to lift again because all of a sudden I'm back out there and I have to continue this persona and... You know, relationships were a tough one too because I, I, I in my my first marriage, I, I couldn't be honest. I, I wasn't being honest and open about my feelings, and and I didn't. I don't believe my wife had the capacity to uh, have that awareness herself, uh, and that's not her fault. I mean, that's just who how how her upbringing taught her. So you know, I would walk around and and I would be just. I think fear was just, you know, I was just fearful. And at times I didn't even know why I was fearful. I mean, yes, okay, there was the business pressures and the money and all that, and that, that was an obvious, but there were fears in there that I, I just can't even explain. Right. Uh, you know, it was just this whole – I think the word dread is a word that I would use to describe much of my emotion at the time. Right. Or feeling, yeah. And, and so – during this process, how many people do you know were aware that you were going through this experience? Uh, well, initially very few, certainly initially very few. Um, my I, my wife wasn't even – my wife used to call me a warrior, you're just a warrior. Okay. Uh, and, and we would sort of – we would just leave it at that, you know. Uh, it wasn't explored any further. I didn't really want to talk about it. I didn't – to be honest with you, I couldn't even – Talking about it was so difficult because I didn't even understand it myself. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and so, so there were very few. And did that only really start to change? You said you had these three major um, breakdown episodes. Did that only really yeah. start to change at that point? Yeah. Look, after the first one, uh, which occurred, uh, I would say, around 2010, 2009, 2010, I, I I talked about it more with my closer family, my wife, a uh, couple of friends, and that was about it. You know, um, I didn't really, I still didn't really understand it. I mean, I had met, I was put on medication and and, and went through the process, and then basically, you know, the, the, the time I guess sort of started to heal a bit, and and I started to feel a bit better. Uh, of course, you know. It was almost like I now know what I what I what I didn't know, and that was that I hadn't actually done anything to recover. You know, I just used a bit of time and a bit of medication and a bit of time away from from work to kind of just get me a little bit more stable. Yeah. And then, so that led basically through to the second episode, which was the same sort of process. You know, I still really wasn't. Sure, what was going on? Um, uh, here we are. Here we go again. Sort of thinking it was. It was just. It was just that awful place again. Same. Same response. A little bit of time, medication. Next thing you know, I'm. I'm sort of back and I'm feeling okay. 
And then what I'd do each time that I recovered from those first two is I'd launch headlong back into my business. Yep. You know, or, or as though I was bulletproof. And I hadn't taken any – I had very little awareness of my own uh, managing my condition. I had very little awareness of what was even actually causing it. And then the third time, which was the absolute rock bottom, was when I was hospitalised, and that was a self-admission. I woke up one morning and I just couldn't get out of the fetal position, so my wife said, right, my, my new wife, because I was remarried in 2013, said, right, we, we, we're going to deal with this. So she, uh, she had me uh, through uh, a psychiatrist booked into the Perth Clinic here yeah. in Western Australia, uh, a magnificent facility. Um, and I did a lot of work there during that, that week that I was in hospital, but mainly I was stabilised at that point. And then I, I, I went and did uh, a number of outpatient courses in, um, oh, God, not uh, LNP. It was, um, I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah. I did, I did some courses. And, again, this taught me a lot of stuff to do mechanically, you know, uh, cost-benefit analysis, uh, all these types of thinking, condition thinking tasks that I would do on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, and it was at that point that I started to realise uh, more about this dysfunctional thinking that I'd had for so long. Uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the amount of work, I'd pr- the amount of priorities I'd put into things that I couldn't control. Yeah. So I did that for some time. Uh, I started to recover. I took a long time to actually go back to work after this point. Uh, and then I started to get involved with uh, further psychological programs. I started to do more study on the mind, uh, body-mind connection, uh, the inner self, uh, the, 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 um, the, uh, the subconscious mind. And that's when I started to really open up to the fact about this conditioning, this cultured conditioning that we, we, we all receive uh, in our early years. Yeah. Uh, and how that can impact. So that's when I started to delve deeper into my own parents and what they, you know, how they'd lived their lives and how I could see that that may have impacted me. Um, and, and that was all fascinating stuff and really good. But it was then at that point I started to develop these little tools. Again, you know, the awareness, the circles, yeah. um, you know, the taking the responsibility. I also did some neurotherapy. Okay. Uh, which is surround, uh, surrounds re-creating uh, neural pathways. Yep. Um, so, in other words, just opening up more of the brain. You know, the old highways are, are worn out. Yep. <laughs> God, mine was so worn out, they were ridiculous. Uh, and, and just trying to recreate some new neural pathways. And, that, and that's that's a whole new, you know, world of, of technology. But um my wife is also uh, now finishing off her uh, degree in social sciences, and and she's doing a hell of a lot of work with LNP, yeah, um, and and a multitude of other uh, sort of uh, methods, and so she's giving me enormous uh, support, and and we talk a lot about mental health, we talk a lot about you know, the social side of, 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 uh, of conditioning and, and, you know, and that's been an enormous, um, enormous help too. So, yeah, that's, I don't know if I've gone off topic there, Christine. No, no, you haven't. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's beautiful. Um, I might actually, if you can remember some of, the, some of the methodologies that after you got out of hospital, you said it wasn't NLP, it was something else. We might try and put those in the show notes. But um, 
No, you haven't gone off topic. It's it's very appropriate. So I, on that, I want to ask you, in your experience as, as somebody that has created a, a, a significantly successful business mm -hmm. and gone through all of this simultaneously, how common do you think this type of it may not be to the same grade level that you experienced um, requiring a, a complete breakdown hospitalization but how common do you think it is in the world of and I, I am going to put this in parenthesis men in business um, yes. to, yeah. to be to be <clears throat> carrying around a, a various level <clears throat> excuse me of anxiety and or the projection oh. that everything's okay I got everything okay I'm on top of this yeah, look, I think it's, I think it's, I think, it's, <laughs> I think uh, it is unbelievably common. Yeah. Um, it, it is an enormous uh, commonality. And, and the reason that I say that is because since I've suffered through my own, um, my own challenges and, and I've, you know, I've been very free to speak about those publicly, uh, also um, in, 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 in group conversation with both men and women, because, again, you know, I don't fear my masculinity in this anymore. I don't yeah. fear, I don't, I don't have that uh, feeling of, 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 of uh, you know, uh, being vulnerable. Right. I, I, I find that being vulnerable is, is a wonderful uh, part of uh, sharing things with people and connecting with people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but having said that, going in that and talking to an enormous amount of executives um, that I have and, and friends that I know, uh, it, it's, it, is, it is so unbelievably common that people will often share with me, look, I'm, uh, I, I'm fearful, I, I've got a bit of fear about this and I'm, this, is, this is really troubling me and, you know, I have these sort of people come to me quite often. And, 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 and opposite to that, one of the other quite obvious things that I guess I find now is a lot of my sort of, I suppose, closer friendship group and people that I know in business that don't come out with this, I can just see how incredibly guarded they are and how incredibly in, they internalise yeah. their own emotions so much that I, I, I just feel that it's so incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a ticking time bomb, you know? Yes. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. So if, and I, I, I take by listening to you, I'm just going to make this assumption that while the journey has been really hard and very painful, you probably wouldn't change it. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, to be honest with you, whilst the 15 years of, 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 uh, of what I allowed myself to go through yeah, and, and the falls from grace and the breakdowns, I, I think they have... They have they have been the rebuild the, the the me now is a person that has rebuilt the foundations yep. uh, in a much more solid way. I, I'm I'm much more grateful for uh, my life. I, I I'm very very comfortable in my own skin. Uh, I feel that I can speak uh, you know for the first time in my or not the first time in my life, but I'm really enjoying the fact that I can be um, I can be very uh, uh, vulnerable to people, men and women. I, I, I have better relationships. Um, I listen to people more. You know, I observe when my children, particularly, if if they're going through a bit of a hard time, you know, I think I'm a far better parent and less judgmental, less controlling. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the fall from, from what happened to me is what happened to me. I can't, I can't change that. I couldn't control it. But I think that the return to a, a much more positive, balanced and aware life yeah. uh, has been, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I, I openly say it, it's the best thing that's probably ever happened to me. Great. And, and yeah. also, what I'll add to that, yeah. as a business person, as a business person, it has been an enormous benefit because now, you know, I take a lot more um, uh, time to consider the mental health and well-being of all the people that work for us. I, I have, uh, I care more about the people now than I ever did, and in turn, those people then care about the business more than they ever did. So, it's had you know, an absolutely enormous impact on, on, on every single aspect of my life. I, that was a question that I was going to ask. I was going to ask how this experience and how, how you're showing up in the world now and, and the way that you're responding now, how is that affecting you as a business leader and, uh, yeah, and your own leadership capacity well, well, and capability? I think it's also led me to, which is is probably the most satisfying situation, is 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 through doing a lot of psychological analysis on myself as well, uh, is understanding my strengths. Um, yes, they are. So what I'm not trying to do now is I'm not trying to be a little bit of everything. Right. You know. So I'm able to let go of you know, and an example of that is 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 I have established um, through a number of uh, psychological analysis that my greatest strength is being the creator. Yeah. Um, I'm not a nuts and bolts person. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not the mechanic. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm not even the money person. Yep. That's but I accept that now. So. Yeah. I, I, I empower those with the greater skill sets in those particular areas to go about their roles. Yeah. Uh, and I trust a hell of a lot more. Yeah. You know? I don't look at my bank account every 10 minutes. Right. In fact, I can't even tell you what's in it. I don't care. Right. You know, um, I, I look at the outcome of life rather than what's required to the input. You know, um, I, I used to be very particular. I used to be very, and um, we'll call this word anal because I think that explains a lot yeah. about what my my wife would spend i would be just horrified yeah. nowadays my approach to it is well is really that something you need to really give a fuck about you've got a good life you you, you just enjoy it you yeah. know so things little things like that so it's yeah it, as a business person it's certainly given me the opportunity to give back a lot mm-hmm. um as well yeah uh, uh, and, and take on a lot more charity-based sort of stuff and, 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 and work in this mental health um, field. Right. Okay, great. Very nice. And, and so in reference to when you talked about uh, when you had the rock bottom that you were stripped bare of your masculinity and you've mentioned this a few times now. So, mm-hmm. it, so now for you uh, it, in this world that we're living in where there is uh, – the, the uh, issues with gender and all of that sort of stuff is kind of, it, it's a no man's land because I, from my point of view, we're walking territory where the roles of men in the world and the roles of women in the world are, are, and the roles of all genders are being completely redefined. And, mm. and so in that, in, in your experience now, what, how do you feel you stand in your own masculinity? What does that mean to you? How, how how is being masculine? How does that arrive for you? 
what are what are the attributes that you're you feel strong in around that? Well, I mean, I suppose you've really got to assess what the term masculinity means. I mean, you know, like does masculinity mean that you're the biggest tiger in the in the pack? Um, does it mean that you've, you know, you've got the biggest muscles? Does it mean that you're? Uh, does it mean that you're? Um, thank you, mate. You're busting in on my interview. Um, it, does it mean that uh, you know you drive the biggest car? Does it mean that you you speak louder than everybody else? Does it mean uh, you know? I don't know. Right. What the term really, how how relevant it is, but feeling as a man, I think the the, the most important feeling for me is to feel, firstly, uh, as a good human being. Yeah. I think that is, and, and and again, I might be phrasing these these terms wrong, but to me, it's not about I'm a man. Look at me. I'm a big man and I'm a tough man. It's about I'm a decent human being. Yeah. And I feel comfortable within my own self. Yeah. Rather than oh, I feel masculine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, so. I, I I guess that's the only way I can really explain yeah, it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Being yeah, a man, yeah. being a man is secondary to being a human being. And I think being a man, I mean, look, I I I, I do the the boy things, you know, and I, I love to do them, and. And that's all good. Uh, I try to have a good relationship with my wife as her husband. Yeah. So I try to observe um, a lot about the psychology of men and women and what the different needs are. Yeah. So I suppose in that way I try to not act in a masculine way or, or anything, but I try to be uh, uh, somebody who she can feel safe with, yeah. um, somebody who, who, who uh, she can feel protected by. And the same with my children. So I guess that's about as masculine as I really ever would consider myself to be. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers the question. It's, but a, it's a beautiful answer. Being a man is secondary to being a human being. Yeah. That's, that's your quote. <laughs> Lovely <laughs> quote. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And so if if you were – if you uh, were – were no, I'm not going to do that. So, if what would you say to a, a younger business, a male in business that you might come across now that you can see many of these traits and so on that you had? If they asked, if they said, if they put their hand up and said, you know, I'd be interested in your opinion. Or I'd be interested in your support, or something like that. So, if it was an invitation, what what yeah. would you say? What how would how, what what do you think is the the uh... well, well, the very first thing that I would say to anybody who was who was probably um, I, I guess wanting to to go into business. I mean, if if, if that is the crux of the question, or, or just a young person, you know, one of the things I say quite often these days is let the game come to you. When I by that what I mean is 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 and I actually say this to my wife sometimes when she's stressed out over a bit of a problem too. I say let the game come to you, and what that means is is just don't overthink the enormous amount of outcomes that you can catastrophe you can build to catastrophe. Yeah. Within your own mind, you know, let the game come to you. Let 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 things ha put in place and do everything you can to have the best possible catchment net for all the good things that can occur. So do the right things, you know, be diligent, be kind, 
have self-awareness, understand your limitations, but let the game come to you. Don't try to control Mm-hmm. the outcomes, because you will never do it. It will do your head in. Yeah. So let the game come to you, and the game will come to you. Right. The game's finally come to me, <laughs> but it's taken me 50 years. So that's that's a, that's something that I, I, I do say quite a lot. Um, I think it um, it makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. So when you say the game's finally come to you, it's taken you 50 years, what, say a little bit more about what, what that means for you, that, that statement. Well, there's nothing either good or bad in life. It's only our thoughts that make these things so. Right. So for me, it's being able to accept who I am, accept my quirks, my insecurities, you know, accept uh, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, um, and not challenge that, mm-hmm. but just live with that okay. and enjoy that. Yeah. So the game has come to me in the sense that I now no longer fear all the things that I, I, I have catastrophized and I can't control. Yeah. I, I don't, I wake up every morning and I feel fantastic. Yeah. Now, that's it, whether I've slept well or I haven't. Yeah. I'm excited for the day. So the game of life has come to me. Yeah. So, you know, I'm appreciating uh, life so much better. You know, I I just don't have seriously, and I often say this to my wife, you know, when she says, you you always, you're just so happy all the time. You sing and some people are morning people, some people are not. Well, I'm probably the greatest pest in the mornings that you could ever imagine because I sing stupid songs. I that I am woman song was going around for about two weeks. I couldn't I couldn't stop singing. <laughs> you know? And she said, "Be careful, you you know that, that may not be that may not be appropriate for you to sing at, at all times." So I just swapped woman with a few other stupid sayings. And but anyway, you know, so so to me, that's just. That's a gift. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's, but but that is the gift that we're given when we're born. Right. It's only as we as we grow yeah. that all of a sudden all these little you know splinters start to get into our heads and our our, our bodies and and then we we start sort of changing and we forget that basic I don't know that basic gift that you know we're not born to struggle. Yeah. We create struggle. Yeah. And this is what I think the world is becoming now. It's becoming a struggle for people. Yeah. You know, you have to be, and, and the advent, the advent, or the, the, the let's say the development of uh, of the medias and 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 now the the internet, whilst unbelievably good in so many ways, and we'd never ever wish it wasn't here. I think it's become now through social medias and and the passing of information technology that is so quick and instant. That we just know too much, <laughs> you know. Um, but, we just we just do. Yeah, but there there is also unfortunately the the dark side of social media from the point of view of propagating a mythology about a beautiful life. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that that uh, because there's not many people that that post about some of the 
the other parts of their life where they're really trying to figure out which way's uh, up and down. <laughs> oh, and, and you know what, Christina, I've got to be honest, totally honest with you. I see that in social media all the time. Yeah. And I have tried with mine. Yeah. And, you know, yes, there is. Uh, you know, if you go back on mine, you, I've written a lot about my struggles on yeah. social media. Um, again, and, and, you know, that will raise a lot of eyebrows because people sort of feel as though, well, you shouldn't be saying that sort of stuff. And I think, well, hang on, but it's real. Yep. It's life. It's, 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 if, that, if someone reads that and feels, shit, geez, I didn't think that would be your life. Yeah. But then they can relate and go, well, that's how I feel. Yeah. Then maybe that's actually a good thing. It is a good thing. It, it, we need a lot more of it and that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because mm. I, I, in all of my life I've never come across anybody, uh, even those that have what appears to be a, a glittering life, uh, you scratch below the surface and it isn't, that isn't the truth. Mm. And, and none, of us, none of us walk the, the, the uh, yellow brick road throwing daffodils. No, we don't. we don't. Yeah, and so, so, but we don't have a conversation about that, and mm. we don't have a conversation about our our insecurities and anxieties and our feelings of being an imposter and etc. We we don't, and so, so there's an isolation and a separation that occurs when people people who are going through those spaces uh, think that they're the only ones doing it. Well, and this is the tragedy. This is the yeah. absolute tragedy of of our society. Is that there's a there, there still is a very big stigma surrounding yeah. mental health, and the problem is that you know I would even go as far as to say that ninety percent of people will will either be going through some sort of a mental health issue, or have a very close loved one that is, uh, or they're about to. Yeah. Um, and without any skills, without any tools to deal with it. You know, the, the technique and, and the pattern will be firstly suppression, comparison. Comparison's a very big one. Yeah. Um, suppression, comparison, and then trying to use the conscious mind to work through it. So this is this is where I failed miserably. Yeah. And and there's a very good part in that book that I mentioned pre previously, the subtle yeah. art. Yeah, yeah. About this perfect life. Yeah. How it is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It, it is completely mm. yeah yeah and 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 so um i agree i actually but i actually think the statistics higher i think 100 percent of humans will go through some well, form of uh, well yeah, absolutely. if you live long enough 100 percent of us will go through some form of dark night crisis whether it is it, whether it's psychological um health wise or other uh whatever the trigger mechanism is uh, that that this is this is part of the human experience. Everything becomes psychological. Yeah. This okay. is this is this is the, the this is the the real part. Yeah. Physical catastrophe becomes a psychological catastrophe. Yeah. Unfortunately, and 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 you know, I think that we put, and and this is why you know I'm 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 witnessing now this incredible revolution of um, alternative. Uh, therapies that are coming out further and further into the mainstream, yeah. and they are simply because this is the new age way of 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 being able to educate ourselves emotionally. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. and and we we and unless I mean I was I, I honestly feel that I, I was I, I was I was blessed I was absolutely blessed that I had my my issues uh, that they occurred at all because had it, had they not occurred or not occurred to the degree that they did, you know I I can't say I would have ever found this new yeah. way to to cope or to think yeah or, and to be in the world. And to be, that's right, yeah, and yeah. to be, you know, yeah. um, it, it, it really was a blessing. Yeah. Well, you, one, one of the great signs that you're through something uh, is that you can look at it with both gratitude and, and humility and, I mean, that is also, and also self-forgiveness. There's, a, there's an aspect of that. That is oh, forgiveness is enormous, and and that forgiveness is something that I, I failed to mention the importance that that has on me. Uh, I mean, I and I will use this example when I was going through my divorce with my ex-wife. You know, we both did some horrific things to each other. Not so much that we initiated them, yeah. uh, but the solicitors we had were, you know, they were very very aggressive and. That really, you know, that created an enormous amount of uh, resentment and and, yeah. and and anger, and you know, it was only uh, well, it was only a few years after, or probably less than a few years after that, you know, I, I learned to forgive, and and it wasn't to forgive the person for doing some you wrong, it was more to forgive myself for the amount of unnecessary emotion and resentment and anger that I had pent up inside me for so long yeah, because I was trying to control the behaviours of someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just yet another example yeah. of those three circles, you know. Yeah. Um, so forgiveness, a very, very important one of your, for yourself, uh, yeah. very, very important. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. And so, just sort of to, to in closing, what what's your frontier now? Do you have a frontier, or or are you not really concerned about a frontier um, for you? No, um, I do. I, well, my 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 wishes now are to, to be able to impart some of this knowledge uh, more broadly to people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and I don't, and, and that's not for financial gain whatsoever, because again, for me these days. You know, being the best person in the world I can be, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 to me, involves giving back. Yeah. And being part of a community, uh, connecting with people, and yeah. imparting uh, the, the the experiences that I've had, and how that how we can recover, and how we can not only recover but we can rebuild the foundations. Yeah. Is 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 just so doable. Yeah. For humans, it, it, it's so achievable, you know. Um, I want to give back, and that's my sort of. Uh, I, I'm a little bit involved in motorsport at the moment, and I'm trying to put together a, a revolutionary new funding program for a particular team that involves charitable donations or philanthropic donations to a charity that then the charity, and we're talking with a couple of charities at the moment, Alzheimer's is one, we're talking with the Black Dog Institute a number of charities where we will get corporates to donate to these charities and in return they will get recognition surrounding the vehicle which will get publicity on TV mainstream ad, uh, you know media so on and so forth so it's a way of giving to a charity yeah, yeah. 
It's a way of the corporates feeling good about the fact that they're supporting yep. a community and program. And it also helps by the fact that uh, the racing team, which I'm involved in, also can achieve uh, their funding and, and keep promoting that, that particular charity and those businesses. So it's a bit of a win-win-win. So that's in its early stages yet, but uh, that's something I'm doing. But I really would love to be a, get a lot more uh, hands-on with, with the mental health side of it, particularly male business people's mental health. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Um, very, very good. So um, I really appreciate uh, your time and your open-hearted commitment to this. Uh, it makes a huge difference. I have, mm. I have no doubt that people listening to this uh, will get an enormous amount of value, particularly the audience, of course, that I'm targeting, which is predominantly mm. men, but I also think it's really valuable for women because I, I, I've always had a sense that women, women have, through the sort of rise of feminism and, and so on, have had a lot more support infrastructure, even women-to-women -women support infrastructure, than men through these sort of changing times. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, it, just to begin the conversation and to, to open the doors behind the truth yeah. and the honesty of our human experience uh, yeah. is, is something that I really care about. So I really thank you for... for uh, being available for this conversation and for the journey that has brought you to this place. Yeah, well, I'm grateful as well, and 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 to be honest with you, it's 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 very enjoyable to do things like this because, you know, you get to, for me anyway, it creates a sense of gratitude. It creates a sense of vulnerability, which. Um, I think it's just it's just a wonderful human feeling that you can yeah. you you can by talking and being honest you know not not covering it up and not trying to make the bad sound a little bit better than it was you know um, it's 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 very self satisfying and and that's uh, you know the more we can do that the more we can can feel gratitude and satisfaction in our life then the less we're going to try and walk around being someone we're not. It's also very. I'm going to use the word liberty. There's an enormous amount of liberty in this because carrying that persona of I've got my shit together um, is exhausting um, to start with, but it's also so confining. And, and, and so the ability to just show up as, as fully you in, in, in the full range of humanity is, is so freeing. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, just one thing I wanted to touch on. You mentioned yeah. women before, and I'd like to just say something about that sure. because I, I have uh, I have interacted or had uh, uh, relationships with with a lot of women and, and uh, just in a, in a friendship, you know, in a sort of a supportive or friendship way. Uh, one thing that I have observed, and, and I feel quite sorry in a lot of ways for women because, again, if we go back to social conditioning and, and you know, women have this very nurturing side to them. I mean, they're 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 sort of brought up. They're, they're they're taught that you know the women are the ones who have the babies and look after the family and all this. And women just lose their identity so much yeah. in in that sort of that what that way. You know, their children become their priority. Their children take over their lives. Yeah. By the time a woman's children are about to leave home, she's lost so much of her identity. Yeah. And that's, you know, I feel very sorry for them for that yeah. because so I think that the more women, um, you know, find themselves in this and, 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 and 
give themselves the time that they need. You know, I try to do this very much with my wife where, where, where I, I respect her as a woman. You know, uh, she's a mother. Yeah. But I see her as a woman. So she needs to do the girl things that yeah, yeah. women do and, and, and keep that, you know, side of life up. But anyway, yeah, I do have a, a, I do have a very, uh, a very uh, acute sort of uh, uh, awareness of the struggle f- uh, that's very different for women. Yeah, it is. Well, it, and it is just a delight to my ears to hear you say that and just this entire conversation actually because uh, we certainly need more role models. Well, you know, just try to be a good human being. <laughs> and, don't, and try to be a good human being and let the game come to you. Yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love that. Well, thank you uh, very much, Brad. Oh. Is there any way um, that uh, we'll have in the show notes your, a little bit about uh, uh, your company and all of that sort of stuff? Other than that, is there any way that people might be able to reach you? My email address? Okay, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, more than happy. Oh, listen, just before we wrap up, the the the, the therapy I did at the Perth Clinic uh, was called Cognitive Behavioural right, Therapy, CBT. Yeah. And I spent uh, two weeks doing an outpatients course full time. Yeah. Uh, with that. Right. Uh, okay. It was good. Yeah, fantastic. All right, lovely, lovely breath. All right. Okay, All right. bye. To listen to more of these conversations and access the show notes, visit 223am.com. That's the number two, the number two, the number three am.com and experience a whole new kind of success and fulfillment. If you've got what it takes, experience a session directly with Dr. Christine McDougall. Visit 223am.com and apply now. Thanks for listening.